go ahead and cue up a drum roll because the Maybird Cycling Podcast has a new sponsor, and it is... Me. Bet you didn't see that coming. Uh, buckle up. It's time for some shameless self-promotion. Uh, I'm probably saved in your phone right now as Joe Draper, parentheses, bike guy. Uh, you can go ahead and add a second set of parentheses and put insurance guy. I just started with American Family. We do home, auto, life, commercial, all the good stuff there. So I know a lot of you are used to coming to me uh, with bike questions when you want to know what tires you should be running or uh, what kind of chain you need. Uh, moving forward, if you have any questions about uh, your car insurance or home insurance or if you want to look at life insurance, anything like that, I'm your guy for that too. So you can reach me at 801-671-5412. Love to hear from you folks. Uh, now back to the podcast. Well, this is going to be a slightly different episode. Uh, Dan is sick, and I don't like being sick. And so we decided that in the spirit of keeping me not sick and practicing for what we hope will be future episodes where we're able to like interview people over Zoom and stuff, we're recording this podcast on Zoom, not with our mics. Dan will be coming through an iPhone. So wanted to just say, like, out of the gates, the audio quality won't be, I'm, I'm thinking, won't be great especially for Dan. I'm recording on a laptop, but Dan, we couldn't get like a computer for him. So Dan is going to sound both sick and over Zoom. So we'll see if it's really, really awful. We probably won't do this again. My hope is that it's kind of fine and that we can start to interview some interesting people this way because I think you guys are probably getting sick of us, <laughs> but I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think, you know, it might be better. Who knows? We'll just have to see how it goes. But yeah, so, um, so yeah, uh, right up front there, um, we have a lot of business we want to run over before we get into our main topic today, and Dan's really excited about the main topic, so I want to jump right into that. Um, first off, we did miss no hike yesterday, which is a bummer for me. I've, I've actually really come to enjoy those kind of like the, the big hikes with everybody. I think we'll be doing one this Saturday. I assume you'll be better, Dan, so... Um, and then I'll pitch um, Zwift. We had really nice weather last Wednesday, so it was a kind of lightly attended Zwift ride. This Wednesday's, Wednesday's Zwift, um, I might do another poll to see what kind of route people want to do and then just get everyone. Like any team, you don't care if you're Maybird or not. There's a skill level and a speed for everyone. Like come and ride. Um, yeah, got to plug the Zwift. Absolutely. So, um, well, first of all, I want to just... Today's topic is going to be, we're going to be talking about the national race series, but I really hope that like, um, that everyone at least listens to the first part of our podcast where we kind of go over the announcements and, and just kind of talk about like what's going on. And then if you're not interested in the deep dive portion, you can stop listening at that point. But I really hope that every single person on this team, like if you're on this team, I think you should be at least listening to the first part of this podcast. And hopefully our deep dives at the end are interesting enough that you'll stay around. But, um, but yeah, so welcome to all the new people listening and um, hopefully it becomes a habit and something that is, you find some usefulness out of, but so there are a couple of things. First of all, I, 
after our last podcast last week we talked about like joe talked about like the different types of bikes and a little bit about buying the right bike and then i talked about a little bit about bike fitting and how to just some really super basic things to be aware of on making sure your bike fit and as soon as we were done recording i realized one i totally forgot to mention and it's been bugging me all week and that's handlebars ah Um, i have thoughts on this too so um yeah so basically i'll just say that probably most people's handlebars are too wide now i will say this is this is one thing where we used to be too far at one extreme and the pendulum swung and we've overcorrected because dan back when you started riding mountain bikes your fists were rubbing each other while you rode along because your handlebars were as wide as a pencil and around 2014 2013 somewhere in there people realized that our handlebars were collectively way too narrow and our stems are way too long. And so you get this explosion of people going like the standard handlebar width went from like 700 millimeters to 760 millimeters. And a lot of people ride like 820 millimeter bars now. Um, I think like for, unless you, your kid's really tiny or you're like maybe really, really huge for what we do, I would say between 700 and 760, probably around 740 for most people. But yeah, plenty of kids, especially kids who go and the the sales guy at the bike shop sells them the motorcycle. <laughs> you know, we have kids where their shoulders are about 500 centimeters apart and they're riding 820 bars and it looks ridiculous and they can't ride. And it's like wider is not better is probably the gist of what Dan was going to get at. Yeah, basically. Like and, it's and good I that think... we're not where we were before, but like wider isn't, you know, wider is better to a point. Yeah, so, and I do think most people probably have their bars a little bit too wide. Um, a good way to tell is kind of like like doing a push-up, like how far your hands are apart. Doing a push-up is where you're probably the most, the, the strongest. If your hands are like further apart doing a push-up, um, it's more difficult to do the push-up and also can actually make you more injury prone. And they've actually been having people get having shoulder injuries because their bars are too wide, so... So yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, but I just was bugging but me all the way. Is that have you just been like lying awake in bed at night? Like I forgot to talk about handlebars. They're gonna think I'm an idiot. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, I give people plenty of reasons to think I'm an idiot, but that was just another one. But um, so the next thing is, I, I put people like if if you look at your team snaps you should be able to see like the Maybird main team. And then you should be able to toggle between your group color assignment that you've been assigned to. Um, That's been updated for everyone, excuse me, but I'm probably going to make a major change to some of the girl groups. Um, So, and and I'll probably make those changes today. So, um, so, so if you were in the, the pink girls group, there probably will be a change. So I just want to kind of throw that out there. Uh, haven't decided exactly what to do yet. We just uh, just it, have a lot of fast girls and trying to figure out the best place to put them all. So it's a good, it's a um, good problem. Still a problem. Yeah. So, um, and again, you know, be patient with me. I, I do try to, I mean, the thing that is, is like, the difference between like these groups is so subtle. In fact, you could, there's probably three different groups you could write in just fine, yeah. you know? And, um, and so just, just 
be patient and give it a try and um, but we'll we'll get it all we'll get it all figured out so i should have everything updated by the end of today so i think by the end of the today you could look at team snap and see which group you're in and hopefully it's right and um yeah so another thing just to throw out there um we still have quite a few people that uh haven't paid their team fees yet um and if just go and check your venmo and make sure you've paid i think a lot of people kind of thought they had but haven't so just go in there and check for long we'll be sending out guys with baseball bats to hang out in your driveway and you know yeah i really don't i really don't want to be a a bill collector that's not a fun part of this job so so check and make sure you've paid your team fees and if not no big deal just uh just send them over we'll start Um, charging 18 percent interest next week yeah there'll be a late fee so uh another thing i kind of want to throw out there is a lot of so a lot of our younger groups, the groups that were um, Junior Devo racers last year, those riders will typically be riding on Mondays and Wednesdays. And most of those groups are coached by youth coaches, which is just awesome. Because these youth coaches, like no offense, dads, they're probably better riders than you are. And um, good kids, a lot of racing experience, a lot of good skills, um, really cool opportunity. But if your kid is in one of those groups, um, just if you can, it, we would encourage you to at least have one or two parents in each group kind of ride along and just help out. Um, just just be there in case like something something bad happens or someone that can kind of stay back and hang back with slower kids. Just be there in a position to kind of help out. The thing that I don't want these parents to do is start taking over and start running the show and you know, just be there in more of a, a supporting, helpful role, if that makes sense. So, like, give kids uh, the chance to step up because, like, the coaching experience I've been able to get from this team has been huge. Like, it's a re- especially, and like, I think, especially if your kid hasn't had an opportunity to do that, you know, if they're not the oldest sibling or if they're not the, you know, the charge of whatever club at school, like, this is a great opportunity for them to step up and, like, um, yeah, like it's like we want to have like there need to be adults there as much as possible, right? But like like Dan said, really like give these kids a chance to shine. Yeah. So um let's see what else. Okay. Um another thing is on on Team Snap, I went in for all the season and entered basically kind of all the races that Maybird will be at, um to some extent or another. And there's quite a few. And so I'm hoping that everyone just kind of takes some time and and as they're kind of planning out their season, they just go through Team Snap and just say which races they're going to plan on being at, just so we know, kind of know who will be attending what. We just kind of have a feel for how big the, the – Like how, many, how much food be. we need to buy, you know. Yeah. And obviously this will change throughout the season, and that's fine. But um, – just go through and kind of like plan out your season, which races you think you'll do. And, and, and that would be super helpful. And it probably be a good, good thing for you to go through too, you know, for us to each of us to go through too, and just kind of have that mapped out a little bit. So, but I did want to mention that I don't, I didn't put any midweek races on there. There's a couple different midweek race series, which are super fun, super casual. And I think these are really, really good. If you're, 
like if racing is stressful for you, yes. these are good because they don't feel quite as much like a race as like an I cup race or a, you know, or it's like a national race or a Nike race or something. They're, they're no just, one cares how you do. It's, yeah. It's like, they're, they're like Dan says their practice races, like really, truly like I would go and tr like, I would almost, and maybe Dan will disagree with me on this. And by the way, uh, like I can't edit these when they're on zoom. So you're getting like a completely raw episode here. I would say maybe even like for more experienced guys, go try something, maybe kind of dumb at the races, like push, like, just like see if your pacing strategy is too conservative, you know, like do whatever you want. It's a midweek, you know, yeah. like experiment try, with different tires. Yeah. Show up, blow up, you know, they're short experimental races. Like do yeah. not like, don't, if pe people don't, shouldn't be like super tuned into like who's placing where at those. It's not, yeah. you know, but I didn't put any of those on team snap. Um, but, but do it's something you could consider doing also. You know, I, I do hope we have a lot of Mayberg kits showing up at the midweek races. I don't actually go to them because I go to so many other races. Um, I go to a lot of races. I basically have races every other weekend from like March until November. So, um, so I don't really go to those, but just wanted to throw that out there. Um, along the lines of racing, one thing I wanted to throw out there is is the Red Rock. Oh, I have a hard time saying. <laughs> can't, can't so the the Wet Walk Wem page for all you waskly wabbits. I had the hardest time saying the Red Rock Ram page. Is a waste in March. I I think it's like March twenty third or something. Um, I'm actually going to be at a a national series race that same weekend, so Joe's going to be covering for me at Red Rock Rampage, and. I was wanting to reach out and see if there's someone that could help Joe because I'll, I'll have the van with me at Vail Lake. And so I was reaching out to see if someone could help Joe transport some of the team gear down to that race and help him set up. So March 23rd confirmed. March 23rd. Good. Okay. So just throw that out there. So kind of a lot of announcements today. So the next thing I want to move on is to coaches. If um, so, if you've been assigned as a coach, as a, as a, <clears throat> as like a, a group coach kind of thing, we have, so in the past we've done coach kits this year, because we have a few, quite a few less sponsors this year than we did last year. We're kind of a little under a budget constraint. Coach kits are probably our biggest expense. And so I had to trim a little bit there. So what I'm doing is, um, for coaches that are just coaching one day, you'll get a coupon code for like a a, a really cool looking coach's jersey, um, and that'll be free at the store. So you'll log on to the the I'll send you the link to the Hyperthread store, and you can you can buy that jersey. And there's also bibs offered too, and you would just pay for those. So. Um, so that's kind of, but that should be coming. Hopefully I can send that out today so you guys can, can get those going. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's all my announcements. Miss anything, Joe? Now, is there a running group uh, tomorrow? Oh yeah, there's a running group tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, uh, we will, sorry we didn't do the hike this week. That's because I kind of had pneumonia, but um, we are going to, Joe's got a pretty cool hike in mind for next week, but you already said that. So I just said that again. 
Um, well, I said that to you before we started recording. I think I've got I've got what I'm thinking about, but it's it's pretty long. Like I I did it yesterday, and it took like four or five hours. So it's 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 a doozy, and it would be you'd need snowshoes too. So I don't know, but REI rents snowshoes, and it's pretty cheap, right? Yeah, and if enough of the group has snowshoes, the back of the group doesn't really need them. Eh, eh, debatable, but. Um, either way, keep an eye out on Team Snap for those. Um, but with all the business being done, we're good to go ahead and I don't want to yeah. segue you badly because I can't edit it out if I do. <laughs> so so thanks for everyone that's, that's listening. And if you're not into the National Race Series, you're not interested in learning more about how USAC and UCI work, um, you don't have to listen to the rest of this. But for those that are interested, um, I think this will be a really, really useful podcast because some of this stuff can be kind of confusing and there really isn't a great place to go to learn how to do this stuff. They don't like, I couldn't find anywhere on USAC's website or UCI's website, any information that would make navigating this process very easy. And I don't know if that's intentional or not, but um I mean, maybe it just kind of keeps people that are bad at red tape out of racing. I don't know. But um, but one thing I do want to point out is that, like, red tape and logistics and whatever aren't really my forte. I mean, I'm I'm definitely more into, like, you know, learning about fitness and motivation and writing and and all that kind of fun stuff. And, you know, when it, when it comes to red tape, I'm not the world's greatest there's a reason i'm not an attorney uh, there's actually several there's, reasons there's a few i was gonna say dan was this close but just you know <laughs> but um but yeah hopefully this will be helpful and hopefully we'll make it pretty simple and um obviously if you have any questions um we are always available to help out but so I just first want to say that there are just we are just so lucky to have so many awesome cool racing opportunities i mean we've got like the i cup series we've got a couple different midweek series we've got like some cool endurance events there's um just all kinds of cool cool racing opportunities just within our own state and if you even go to like idaho and colorado and nearby states there's even there's even some more really cool opportunities but um the national race series is just kind of another cool opportunity for racing. And I'll kind of explain a little bit more about it. But um, when we started doing kind of the national race series, you know, several years back, it was fairly small and not very, not nearly as well attended. Um, and as such, you know, competition wasn't quite what it is today. I mean, it's definitely getting more, mainstream it's getting more popular the competition's getting a lot tighter um but it's a really cool fun opportunity and that's the main reason we do it and i can't emphasize that enough like i like mean it's really it's you know? an experience and i think for a lot of these kids just like going and going to a totally different place especially if it is somewhere like a lot of kids got to go to pennsylvania terrain's totally different the weather's different different set of kids like I didn't do that much national racing in high school, but those were like formative experiences for me. And my results were totally unremarkable. Like that wasn't the point. Exactly. Cause really, you know, if you're like the next Braden Johnson or the next Riley Amos, you know, 
this is really the pathway to get you on USAC's national team, which is going to get you some opportunities in Europe and get you opportunities at, at World Cups and so forth. Um, you know, but, but let's face it, that's not most of us, you know. Um, for most of us, it's just kind of a, uh, it's just a chance to, to race somewhere new, to kind of experience some different racing opportunities. And, uh, and quite frankly, the main reason I do it is it's just, it's, it's fun. You know, the kids that travel with us have a lot of fun, super cool. So, um, so yeah, I'm just going to start off by kind of explaining the difference between USAC, US, it's USA Cycling, and we just call it USAC and UCI. And I mean, so USA Cycling is obviously what it sounds like. It's basically the governing board of cycling for the United States of America. And UCI is kind of the international governing board for cycling, right? And when you talk about USAC sanctioned races, the USA cycling sanctioned races, those are kind of like what I probably how I would think of those is like amateur races. And then UCI sanctioned races are what you would kind of consider international slash elite level races. Okay. So, so within, um, so let's talk about USA cycling or USAC cycling races first. So within USAC racing, that's kind of where you hear, you've probably heard of cat like cats one, two, and three. So, in USAC racing, you've got categories. You've got categories, and it starts at three is the lowest, then two, then one, and then occasionally there's a pro category. And, and then within those categories, you've got eight different age groups. Now, one thing that's really important to understand is your racing age. And the easiest way to explain your racing age is your racing age is how old you will be on the last day of the year. So if you're 16 right now, but you turn 17 in August, your racing age is 17. So you have the same racing age all year long. So in 2024, this is your racing age. In 2025, this is your racing age. And it kind of hoses certain kids and benefits other kids, especially when they're kind of like, you know, like Andrew ran into this, huh? Oh yeah. His, his birthday is December 30th. So he was always like having to race a year older than he was. And if you're born early January, that's pretty awesome. Especially when you're like a junior, like, a, you know, like in the 15th, 14th. Andrew is fine. Cause the testosterone is strong with him, but a lot of these, and especially a lot of these kids who are kind of late bloomers, like get hosed, you know? So it's unfortunate, but that is kind of one of the realities of the national race scene. Yeah. So within the USAC or the USAC racing, you know, you've got different age groups. You've got 13, 14, 15, 16, then 17, 18, and then 19. And once you get over the above that, it's like you might have like the 30s to 40s or 40s to 50s or whatever. But there's a whole bunch of different age groups. When when you're talking about the fifth, the 13 and 14 and the 15 and 16 year old racers. USAC racing is the highest level of racing you could possibly do at that age. Okay. Um, that's important to note. And we'll kind of talk about that more in a second, but um, USAC racing uses like a ranking system. 
and basically you know you basically get like a a race license or race membership that keeps track of in you basically keeps track of your top i think it's top like five scores over a rolling 12 month period or yeah 12 month period and then it um averages those and kind of gives you you know gives you a ranking and a lower ranking is better than a higher ranking it's 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 actually a pretty good system but it's kind of confusing to explain um one thing to point out is the USA the US the USAC ranking system is fairly important in amateur level racing but almost useless in UCI level racing um but if you're in the 13 14 15 16 age categories it's it's actually pretty important so um one thing to to point out too is that like um you know you get your you get your usac license and once you have that license or once you have that membership all of your results can kind of be associated with that and that includes even nica results so you know when you get the license you would email you usa cycling send them your nica results they'll apply those towards your license it'll improve your ranking um when when you get a license the license is like 100 bucks i think they used to be free i don't think they are anymore um the license is 100 bucks when you get the license you start out as a cat two and you should immediately as soon as you do it petition up to cat one and there's a place on the website in your membership page that you can do that um, i think they have you submit some results i don't think they ever turn anyone down it's just something you kind of have to do like a and ritual. it's like a ritual if yeah if you want to do some of these national races but don't want to pay 100 bucks for a national or for a annual license you can do single day licenses for like 15 bucks a race and um and that's you know and then you would later have those results be transferred to your membership if you got one later so so not a huge deal um yeah, so that's that's USAC racing, which, like I say, is amateur racing. When I race at the national races, I just do USAC. I do Cat 2 racing. Um, there's, like, 10 other guys that race with me. It's a pretty small deal that, like, nobody cares about, you know, but it, it's just kind of fun. Um, so my points in my ranking really don't matter where there's only, like, 10 people racing, you know. It's like you're either in the first or second row no matter what. Um, but for the, you know, for the 15, 16 age group kids that it is actually fairly important because as we all know, in this sport that your call up is crucial to your success in, in racing. So, but once you get into UCI level racing, your USAC points really don't make a whole lot of difference at all. Yeah. So I'll explain that. So let's move on. Any, did I leave anything out, Joe? Are we? No, we no, I think it makes jump sense. In. Yeah, okay. Um, so UCI racing, which is really a cool opportunity because it basically is international elite level racing. Um, and the different categories that they have for UCI racing is you have junior, which is 17 to 18 year old racing. 
And then you have U23, which is 19 to 22-year-old racing. And then above that's elite-level racing. And so kind of like when you're, like, like I mentioned, you know, when you're in the 15, 16 category, cat one is like the highest you can do. Once you're in 17, 18, um, cat one use sack racing is kind of a step down from junior UCI racing. So everything kind of shifts down a little bit once you get, once you start talking about UCI level racing. Um, so yeah, so for like, so like if you're 17 year old, you'd have like, there, there you'd have an option of cat three, then cat two, then cat one, and then UCI would be your highest option of a racing level. So, um, so to be able to race competitively at the UCI level, or at least, and I don't even mean competitively, I mean like to be able to at least be in the group, um, I think you need to be a top five JVA or top five varsity rider to be able to be in. The, and that means that doesn't mean you'll even come close to winning. That just is kind of about the level of competition of the entire field, you know? Um, but so let's talk about UCI ranking now, and it's totally different. And I don't think it's nearly as good of a system as, as USAC's because USAC's ranking system, like every race you do can kind of help you out, um, can kind of get you a better position. With UCI ranking, it works totally different. So, and, and I'm only really going to talk about the things that would concern most of the people listening about the junior points, how junior points work. So, so there's, there's two types of races that you can do. There's XCO Junior Series and then XCO Junior just races. So if it's got the, the word series after it, it means they're worth a lot more points and the points are a lot deeper. And the race organizers just have to apply for that and some get it and some don't. It's kind of a little weird why some do and some don't. But um, so if it's an XCO Junior Series, the top 25 racers will qualify for UCI points. Anything beyond that won't get any points whatsoever. Okay. So if you're in the top 25, you'll get points. Now, in that race, whoever comes in first gets like 90 points. And whoever comes in 25th will get one point. Okay. And it's kind of spread between 90 and 1. So um, there, on the, just the regular XCO Junior UCI races, there are only 10 deep. So only the top 10 gets points. And first place would only get 20 points. And 10th place would get like two points. So, so basically, if you're doing an XCO Junior Series race and you're in 26th place, it would be well worth it to sprint for 25th. Because getting a UCI point is extremely important. Oh, yeah. And like even having yeah. an end point is oh, huge. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's, because it's, the call ups, um, like where the level of comp, where you basically have like a field of 100 people that could all probably win a varsity Nike race back home. 
you know, having to start at the back of that pack is an, is a big challenge. Um, and, and that's so, and, and the reason that these points are so, so important is because how UCI races do their call-ups. And I think if you guys are bored and falling asleep, this is a really important time to probably tune in because the call-ups is really important to understand. So a call-up at a UCI level race, they first do it by UCI points. Okay. All right. So if you have one UCI point, you will get a call-up. Okay. And then after that, it's random. Like your USAC points don't really come into play at all. It's all random after it's like everyone that has UCI points will get called up first. And then after that, it's just random. Now here's something interesting. I, I knew that it was random, but I didn't really realize what random meant unless you kind of read the fine print of most organizers documents and random for most organizers means they do it by the order that you register for the race which so means it's not random <laughs> it's not random yeah. no it it means that um the earlier you register for these races the better chance you have of getting a good call because a lot of times at these races only like 20 or 30 kids have uci points and there's 80 people that don't you know so um so registering for these races early will help get you an earlier a better call-up position so super super important to know um but yeah having a uci point under your belt is is a big deal and it's going to help you get a lot better starting positions at, at these races um the uci points they expire a year after you earn them and so it's kind of like you're accumulating these these points over a rolling 12-month period and yeah so so it's um let's see try to think here all right usually like we can usually i just say pause and or you're just like, yeah, go, go cut that out i want to say that again okay we'll i make it I sound know. better okay so i just sounded like an idiot there but there yeah just so i think it's kind of uh -huh. important to understand that like a lot of people feel like they have to go to every single one of these national races to improve their positioning. But the thing is, if you're going to these and you're not really getting the top, in, the, in the top 10 at some or the top 25 at others, really, the more you go to them, it really doesn't matter because you're not getting points either way. You know, now, this is a good thing because it used to kind of be that like, like, Doing well at USAC was for rich kids because they could go to all of them. Their parents could fly them to every and just doing a lot of them would help you. I kind of like this system a little more because it does actually seem to reward kids who perform well over kids who can just like have the ability to show up at every single one. Well, and the thing is, is once you start, once you are in the position where you are getting points, it really does. That's when you really do need to start going to all of them. Once you're starting, if you're, like if you're getting points at every race, then going to more of them is beneficial. But so it, it definitely does favor the kids that have large travel budgets and don't take school that seriously and can miss a lot of school and stuff. And so I, I still think the system's pretty flawed and I would 
I would do it differently, have it be more based on regional results or me personally, I would actually like, if I was the guy in charge, I would say that like top five varsity race winners should get some UCI points. Oh, 100%. You know, to, yeah. Oh, just 100%. to make, yeah. Just to make it more fair, you know, but, um, but yeah, like, like for instance, you know, like, I mean, the easiest way to get, to get UCI points is to go to races that not a lot of people attend, you know? So usually people that can afford it will go to the Puerto Rico races. Like I think that race has, has like 25 deep um, in the past. It used to have like 25 deep and like 10 people would show up to race it or something, you know? So like everyone that would show up would get UCI points or something. And, you know, so it's basically like if you're just, it was basically just buying UCI points, you know? And so um, I'm not sure why they give them that status and they deny it to Missoula, you know, but it's, I don't know. Don't, don't get me started, but um, anyhow. So, so yeah, so I, I think just kind of understanding how it works is important. And hopefully that was like a good kind of basic understanding. I don't know how well I explained it or not, but um, one thing to kind of point out too, is that like, after you're done with junior racing, which is 17 and 18, once you're over that, you go to U23. Um, all your points when you go to U23 disappear, and you kind of have to start over, which kind of sucks. Um, but once you're at that point, there are more race opportunities because not all races um, have junior races. So, um, yeah. And, and I think the future there with U23, because right now U23 racing is really only just the top, top tip of the spear elite level racers. And um, I think that really what needs to happen there is, is, is more collegiate racing kind of needs to, to take that over. But, you know, and, and I think that we're going to see that improve as, you know, because Nike is such a such a strong force moving forward so i think that landscape's going to change but um yeah so so one thing oh and then one thing about getting a uci license is you don't actually go to like the uci website and get a license you basically take your usac license and get an international upgrade which is like 130 bucks or something so that's how you get a uci license so i just thought i'd throw that out there um one thing, shift gears just a little bit. Um, this kind of comes as a nasty shock to people who who are new to the uh, to USAC and UCI racing. At UCI races, they have what's called the eighty percent rule. And mm, don't yes. they do this in cross? Do they do this in cross too, Joe? Typically, oh, yeah. or- well, they have to do it in cross because the laps are shorter and stuff. Yeah, so. 80% rule, if you're not familiar with it, is if you get behind the leader by 80% of his lap time, you get pulled. So, for or instance, if, you, if you're not finishing, if your laps aren't within 80% of the leader's time, so, so basically, like um, if the leader's first lap, we'll say, was 10 minutes, if you ever get eight minutes behind the leader, they'll pull anyone that's more than eight minutes behind the leader. So, and, and that like, if the race has short laps, you're more likely to get pulled. 
Like if they're 30 minute laps, you know, you're not going to ever get like what, I don't, I can't do the math, but like 25 minutes behind the leader, you know? So usually the shorter the laps, the more likely you are to get pulled. Um, but yeah, like but there's we, a practical we, reason that they do that. You know, like I, I, I understand it. Like you said, especially for cross, but like I, I do, I would imagine that like that might be kind of a bummer for some kids who, you know, show up and then there's just some ridiculous, like if there's like a prodigy in your group who's just head and shoulders above the rest of the field and kind of blows out 30% of the pack with ridiculous lap times or something. So it is something it's good to be aware of. It happens, especially in short track because the laps are so short. They're only a couple minute laps, you know, so they pull a lot of people in short track, but, and, and they don't do it any, in the USAC or the amateur level racing. They only do it in, in UCI level racing. So when you do get pulled, like if you were in 90th place, when you get pulled, you're finished at 90th place, you know, you get whatever place you're in when you got pulled is what place you finish at. So you do finish the race still, um, happens all the time, not a huge deal. So, yeah. So, um, so the next thing I want to talk about is actually is nationals and qualification for nationals and. This has been kind of an interestingly debated topic because in the past, what they would do at nationals is anyone that wanted to do nationals could do nationals, but you would, they would have, you would go to nationals and they would have a qualifying race and your UCI points would determine your call up at the qualifying race, but your results in the qualifying race would determine your starting position in the actual national championship race and this is something that like it, it was interesting because i actually and i was one of the few but i kind of liked it that way because that gave some kid a chance that couldn't afford to go to all the national series races a chance to show up and because he kind of had two races to prove because they have two races to prove themselves they could do they just had more chance to do better and then you know but a lot of the you know a lot of the kids parents and and coaches that had these these kids that were going to all the national series races and spending all the money traveling you know they could go to nationals and they would do the qualifier race and have a mechanical and not be able to do nationals and they didn't think that was fair you know so so they kind of came up with they came up with, they're doing it a different way this year and how to qualify for nationals. So, so there's a national race series and they they have these listed in the USAC website. And these races are like, some of them are like Vail Lake, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Piney Hills, Louisiana, the Pan Am, the Pan American, uh, that's at Midway, Utah. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, Inglewood, Wisconsin, and Missoula, Montana. And, and those are the races that juniors can race at. There's a couple others that um, aren't junior races. But if you go to one of those races and you get a top five, you automatically qualify to race in nationals. And if at one of those races there's more than 100 people racing in the field, they would take, if you're in the top 10, you would automatically be a qualifier to race at nationals. So, so 
as far as call-ups at nationals go, then it would be anyone that qualified at one of those races, any of the top five or the top 10, they would be get the first starting positions at nationals. And then after that, the remaining 100, they would, they would look at people's UCI points. And if, if they didn't have 100 people with UCI points, then they would look at people with the highest USAC rankings. Um, and then after that, they, would, they were going to have, um, for the next 20 spots, they would have a qualifying race for the next 20 spots. And that would put, you know, I think they'd have 50 people racing that to get the next 20 spots. And that would have, so they would have their field of 120 because they can't have a field bigger than 120. If they have more than that, they would do a B race for 120th on, you know, which that race might only have 20 or 30 kids or whatever. But so, so I know that was kind of a mouthful and kind of confusing, but basically they've got qualifying races. If you get a top five at those qualifying races, you automatically qualify. Then they would look at your UCI points. And after that, they would look at your USAC points. And then after that, you know, they would do a qualifying race to determine who else. Would. So it, it's a little bit confusing. And, but they are kind of making it so anyone that goes to nationals would be able to race. And yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm cutting it off here, but I'm, I'm kind of listening. And I'm curious because I think there are a lot of kids who are like, I really want to go to nationals, right? And I have this qualifying race opportunity in my backyard at Midway. Do you think it might be a good idea for someone to say, hey, I'm going to target that. I'm going to go all in on that, that Midway race and then try to get my top five and that'll be my ticket to nationals. Because I'm, I'm wondering if there are kids thinking that we're like, oh, I have this opportunity 30 minutes from my house. I can go and know that course. I can peek for it. I can sleep in my own bed the night before. Yeah, I I think the chance of uh, the chance of anyone that we know getting a top five at one of those races um, is is really slim. I mean, we've had neighbored riders get top fives at, at national races before, um, but that's uh, you're you're competing against some of the best in the nation, you know. So I think I think that um, most kids that want to do nationals. And, and the thing with at nationals, there's a there's different categories you can race at nationals, you know. There's, um, but anyone that that wants to race nas at nationals is probably going to get in by their USAC points or by doing the uh, the last chance qualifier at nationals, unless they can, you know, unless they can accumulate some some UCI points at these other. I, their chances are better of uh, doing well enough at some of these races to get some UCI points to qualify in, in that way. So. so to reiterate for like the kids and the parents listening to this, the level of competition is super duper duper high, like, like, like much higher than you'd be used to at NICA, right? Yeah, it, it is super high. And, and, and I'll talk about that in a sec, which is kind of why that we do these for the experience 
but it should never come at the expense of your Nike season or, you know, I'll talk about that more in a second, but yeah, the level of competition is high, but, but if you do want to do nationals, they, they basically have made it. So anyone that wants to race at nationals can, but they're, but they're also making it. So those that who are, who like, who are the top competitors at these other races get to race at nationals no matter what kind of thing so but basically anyone that wants to can but you might do like you might have to do the the last chance qualifier race or do the b race at nationals but for most people that do nationals you know they really aren't doing it to win it they're doing it for the experience to to be there so and in this basically the same thing applies with the short track so i feel like i made that really confusing but hopefully I don't, I don't know how well I explained that, how well I did well, it. I don't know how explainable it is because it is really complicated. And I think the long and the short of it's the same as any other race. Like you show up, do whatever you can to show up. And when you show up, do your best, right? Like it doesn't really change how you approach it. But I do think it's good for some people to know that like, depending on how much you can throw at national racing, you may, you may get more or less uh, out of it. You know, like if you can only really dabble in it, there might kind of be some limitations to how far you can which isn't the end of the world because no we have amazing racing in our backyard <laughs> yeah yeah so um speaking of amazing racing in our backyard let's just talk about the pan american real quick which is taking place in midway utah um and i think it's it's mother's day weekend right and uh let me look it up it's actually the same weekend as mesa verde so joe's gonna cover pan america while i get to go out and, and do Mesa Verde. Thanks, Joe. But um, let's, so this is May kind of- May 8th through 12th. Sorry, to jump in there. All right, so so this is kind of an interesting event. It's it's basically, is it what, just kind of the, the Central, South, and North American Championship, right? Or is- So let me look it up. But basically, um, let's see. I'm Googling this. I should know this. I think it is. I don't, it's not South America. I don't think. Hang on. Just a sec. I am going to proceed. I'm trying to like look this up. Um, okay. Uh, we'll correct ourselves later. Basically, Canada, the US, Mexico, Central America, and then like all the islands and stuff too, right? This isn't South okay. America. They have their not, own thing. Not in South Europe, America. there's like the European championships. Um, or like for there's the Commonwealth Championships. So you, you hear someone say like, oh, like this Brit or this Aussie or this guy from New Zealand or something or Wales or Scotland gets to participate. Oh, they're the Commonwealth Champion. Or in Europe, it'll be like, oh, Lars Forster is the was the European Mountain Bike Championship champion. We have the Pan American Champion, which which really for the most part is Canada, Mexico, and U.S. are the three. Okay. Ones. And there's the others, but yeah. So it's it's uh, probably the best chance most people around here will ever have for international competition yeah so and the thing is is any uci level racing junior or u23 can participate that wants to um i guess up to i think their field's 100 deep um but you that's something that you could participate in but the thing is, and this is kind of cool, what you'd have to do is you'd have to 
to first fill out a petition to petition to be able to race it. And you also, everyone that races that, no matter what team they're on, is going to have to buy a Team USA kit, which is kind of cool. It's also 250 bucks, but it's still pretty cool that you would, um, you know, so, so basically in that field, there'd be like 100 people from the United States all wearing the same kit. Um, but yeah, so... And there, there are also going to be other events at that. It won't, that's, you know, that's just for the, like the UCI and junior level racing that would have to petition up and, and purchase a kit for it. But they don't have a whole lot of information out on that yet. That's just kind of what I know now. But, um, you know, if you're not doing Mesa Verde and want to, I mean, it's, it's something that at least you should go check out, you know, while it's here in our backyard because it is pretty pretty big deal but and, and just to clarify what dan is saying about that kit the distinction here is like if, if you, you guys know the world championships like where you wear, win the rainbow jersey um when you race the world championships you don't represent your your trade team is what they call it so like nino doesn't represent uh scott sram at that race he represents switzerland and his team is team switzerland regardless of if they ride for scott or cannondale or whoever else are specialized right and so it's, I think it's a cool opportunity, too, because it's, it's an opportunity for you to race as an athlete representing the United States, not representing Mayberg, which is why you don't wear you like you have to buy the USA cycling kit. Um, and so this this only really happens at um, Worlds and then at your kind of regional championship. So at like European championships, everybody races for the national team. Um, so like it sucks that you have to buy an expensive kit. But it's also a really cool opportunity. Like if you can do it, I like there's like nothing against Mesa Verde. Mesa Verde is super, super cool. If you're on and you might disagree with me, Dan, if you're on the fence this year, do Pan Americans because it's not an, like you can do Mesa Verde every year. It's a super cool race and you should do it. But if you want to take a crack at this, being able to say, like, I represented the United States at the Pan American Mountain Bike Championships is a cool thing. Like you don't have to say where you finished, but saying that you represented like that's that's sick. That is cool. I decided to do Mesa Verde though. Ha ha ha. Yeah, no, it, is, yeah it is super know. cool. Yeah. And like, but, if you were like a dual citizen, you could like, like if Tessa, Ray, my wife raised it, she has a Canadian passport. She could represent team Canada. Right. So like, it's like, it, it's a cool opportunity to race for your country and you should consider it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's basically it. I, um, as far as like how we do these races, um, again the main reason i do these races is is because it's fun and it's a cool experience and and the kids that go along just just have a great time um again let me just reiterate that unless you're like the next riley amos you know taking these too seriously really kind of as a fool's errand a little bit you know um I, I wouldn't let it like we kind of do it. We don't really require that you do like a certain number of these or, or encourage you to do every single one of them because the kids that do that usually do it. Like they sacrifice some schooling and, you know, they, and they miss out on a lot of other cool racing opportunities to, to go to all of these places. And, and to be frank, you're kind of going to less cool places to do less cool things than you could if you, stayed at home and did some cooler local races too you know so i don't put i don't put as big of an emphasis on this as other teams might 
but I do think it's a cool opportunity. I think it's fun and we do some, you know, and, and if this is something that you're interested in, please reach out to me, please go through team snap and, um, you know, mark that you're going to be attending these races. And if you'd like to travel with the team, that's an option. It, um, it's a lot of fun. We have a van that can fit 10 kids and 10 bikes. And if we don't fill up the van, we, you know, we really can't go to all to, <clears throat> it makes them, yeah, I really don't want to like go to these if we're not filling up the van basically. But so, so yeah, if that's something you're interested in, reach out to me and, and we'll talk about it. One thing I want to point out is that like I'm planning on for sure doing, doing Vail Lake, which, um, which is a junior series race. So there's, it's 25 deep on the UCI points and, and Missoula for sure, because it's just so much fun. They didn't get the junior series, um, for some reason from UCI. So the points aren't very deep on that one, but it's just such a fun race and a cool vibe going to that one for sure. Um, and then I was trying to think, and, and then Joe will be at the Pan Am race. We'll, we'll be set up there too. Um, as far as going to nationals, nationals is, um, it's in Philadelphia or it's in Pennsylvania, not, that the airport's in Philadelphia, but it's in Pennsylvania. And so obviously you're going to have to fly to it. And so I think a lot of people are just going to fly with their families to go to it if they wanted to. I did fly with a small group last season, but I'm actually considering um, if I have enough people that are interested, I might, instead of going to that, might drive out to Fayetteville again just because it's so cool there and it's so much fun and the trails are just like, it's just something that's really cool to experience. So if I have enough interest in, in, if we can get a full van of people interested in, in going out to Fayetteville to do those races, I'd, I'd be considered, I'd be interested in adding that to my schedule. You know, I still have to work, so I can't go to all of these, but um, we do like to offer the experience at some of them so um again yeah just uh fill out which races you're planning on doing in team snap and then and then we'll uh we'll figure out who we're traveling with to these races and um again it's best like if you're a top top five varsity racer top five jva racer um you'll be fine with the competition but the level of the competition at these is pretty stiff, you know? And so I would never ever really want to take this to a point where it would sacrifice your Nike season, because I have seen some kids that just, they put almost too much emphasis on the national series and then have really kind of almost kind of disappointing Nike results. And it's, it's hard to have both. Like you yeah. really can't have both. Like and I don't mean like, oh, well, if you tried hard enough, you could. Like, you, you cannot be your best at both. You're going to either be 80% of your best at both or your best at one. Um, and like, to, and not to like belabor the point here, but like, I would only really encourage people to go 
super super deep on these and like let leave everything else behind if it's like your career aspiration if you want to race your bike for a paycheck and you want paying your mortgage to depend on your race results like if you want to be a professional cyclist and you have to do it this way you have to do it this way if that's not your goal I really would approach it as like an experience thing. Be like, hey, I'm going to travel with a team of my friends and we're going to drive across the country to Arkansas and I'm going to race uh, kids from all over the country. Or I'm going to go to Midway and race kids from all over the Western Hemisphere. It wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, well, I have to finish here at this one and here at this. I, I think that like, unless you either just have all the resources and are out of NICA or you like, like I said, because re- like Braden Johnson, like he, his plan is to make money riding his bike and i totally respect people who do that it's not something that i like like dan and i've said like we're not pushing people towards the professional cycling pipeline because that's a really hard life um if you want it great but like unless that's your goal don't freak out about these take them seriously and do them as an experience yeah yeah we we do it because it's fun and it's a cool experience so um and it really is like the kids we, we've had some of just the best times ever at these and they're super fun and um you know but i think we do it in a way that the kids that go to these races they still have awesome nike seasons you know because oh, yeah. they're yeah because they're just doing a couple of them you know and and like i said unless you're getting like the top top 10 and top 25 at these you really which is hard to do like um going to all of them really doesn't make a difference you know if you're not getting uci points in them so yeah but anyhow that's uh that's i hope i feel like i was really confusing hopefully that that made some sense if not reach out to me and i can uh we can try and offer more clarity but um yeah i just hope that that we have a a good group of kids wanting to go do these and have fun together and um, make some awesome memories yeah, no, they are amazing experiences. Like, I think you should do them, especially when you're young. You know, because like Dan said, like the like the U23 level competition is you really have to be in that professional pipeline to do that. You know, and that doesn't mean that's the only way you can race. But like, uh, I would say like if if I could do it all over again, I'd do more national racing than I did. You know, yeah. I think and, it's a great experience. So we definitely encourage it. But and along those lines, I would you know, rather maybe than U23 type racing, really get into the college racing scene, the collegiate racing. Um, hopefully that keeps growing and because I think that's um that's a more accessible avenue for for most of us. So yeah, hundred percent. But but again, it's like it's not like that's this isn't the pinnacle of cycling. The pinnacle of cycling to me is riding your bike a lot and well for the rest of your life. Like not, cause I've, I mean, we've, we've both seen kids, Dan, who like, like there's one kid I have in mind who podiumed at nationals uh, in my year. And I don't think he rides bikes anymore. You know, so like, like that, I would much rather have you do some national races and have an amazing opportunity that makes you a better cyclist and a more better, more well-rounded person and then keep riding. You know, and it's not like you have to choose, you know, like, I don't know what that kid's story is or the story of any other kid, but like, the goal for us is always going to be be really good cyclists for the rest of your life. Not like, you know, so like don't, if you, if you're like a parent listening to this, you're like, holy smokes, I've got four kids. How do I get them all to nationals? Like, don't sweat it. If this isn't part of your cycling journey, you'll be fine. Like it's, it's optional. It's great, but it's optional. Don't like freak out if you can't do it. Yeah. All right. That's all I've got. Sweet. Well, let's hope. I, do you know what I bet? If anybody actually stuck to the end of this, 
I think I'm going to be even louder than usual, and you're going to be really quiet, and it's going to sound like I'm like doing an interview with you, and I'm the loud, annoying guy who keeps like chiming in and giving pointless advice. Um, but if this does sound good, I, I really hope that we can like start interviewing some some cool people and stuff using the Zoom method. So if this I'm sucks, not a cool person. well, no, uh, no. But uh, if this sucks, I'm sorry. I hope it doesn't. Um, but either way, we will uh, talk to you guys next week. If you have any questions, let us know. And we hope to see you guys at the running group, at the Zwift, at the hike. And then, you know, uh, maybe a few weeks from now, start seeing rides, depending on the weather. Yeah, I think clinics will start up soon. And uh, so some St. George group rides might be starting up. So, yeah. All righty, guys. Well, we will talk to you. Uh, we will talk to you soon. I'm going to keep talking until I can find the button. Click stop because that'll sound stupid. And there it is. Okay, so we'll talk to you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon.